Hey, good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you as one church gathered together physically, but also a church that's online. We welcome everybody. We're still one body in Christ, even though we're in different physical situations this morning. We're glad everybody is here together as we worship the Lord. We're continuing in our message series on transitions, faith in the midst of change. And I want to start off by reading two short passages of Scripture for today. Uh, First, what might be a rather familiar passage to many of you from Isaiah 40, uh, verses 30 and 31, where Isaiah writes this. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And one verse from the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is never in vain. Amen. Thanks be to God for this is his holy word. Resilient. I really like that word. Resilient. I like the way it sounds, but more importantly, I like what it means. The dictionary says resilient is an adjective. It describes the ability to recoil or spring back into shape after bending, stretching, or being compressed. It's sort of like a rubber band or a, or a rubber ball. It snaps back into place. It regains its shape. For people, resilience means the ability to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations. The synonyms for resilience are many. Flexible, pliable, supple, durable, hard-wearing, stout, strong, sturdy, tough, irrepressible, buoyant, quick to recover. Gordon McDonald, McDonald defines a resilient person as someone who has faced hardship, who has gone through adversity, who has been put under pressure, and yet has not been broken. In fact, they bounce back. They come out as fresh, new people and can even become an inspiration to others. Resilient. Isn't that a great word to describe the way you and I would really like to go through life? Isn't that a word that would describe how we would like to handle the coming months as the COVID crisis kind of moves into our rearview mirror? Resilient, quick to recover from difficult conditions. Isn't resilience a key character quality we would want to pass on to our children and to those that we love? And we love stories about resilient people. The underdog who won't give in and and won't give up. The Rocky who gets knocked down but rises to fight again. We cheer for the team that makes that dramatic comeback in the last minute of the game. We admire resilient people. I think of the biographical book Unbroken by Laura Hildebrand. The full title is Unbroken, a World War II story of survival, resilience, and redemption. In it, she tells the true survival story of Louis Zamperini. Zamperini had a tough upbringing in the 1930s during the Great Depression, but through a lot of just personal grit, he overcame his early obstacles, uh, became a sprinter who competed in the 1936 Berlin Olympics for the United States, even as the shadow of war was settling over Europe. When World War II broke out, he joined the Army Air Corps, and on a mission flying over the Pacific, his bomber had mechanical problems and crashed into the ocean. 
Most of the crew were killed on impact, but Zamperini and two others made it into a life raft, and they were adrift on the open ocean for 47 days. 47 days in a life raft bobbing up and down on the ocean, a life raft the size of a kiddie pool. They barely survived that ordeal only to be taken prisoner by the Japanese who sent them to a brutal concentration camp. And because of, they knew of his semi-celebrity status as an Olympic athlete, his captors singled out Zamperini for regular torture and beatings. They thought if they could break his spirit, it would break the spirit of all the other prisoners. But he was resilient. He survived that concentration camp. He came home, and that's where he faced his greatest demons. You'd think he'd come home happy. He survived the crisis, came home to his family. His life opened up again. But the memories of his trauma and his hatred for the people who had tortured him, those internal battles actually turned out to be harder to handle than the physical tortures that he had endured. He couldn't cope. He couldn't adjust to the new normal. And he turned to alcohol to deal with it. He became an angry alcoholic. He hit some very sad lows and made a mess of his life. But along the way, he discovered Jesus. Or I should say, the good shepherd found a lost sheep. Zamperini realized that on his own, he didn't have the strength. He didn't have the internal will to conquer all his own demons. He was used to being self-reliant, thought he could handle anything that life could throw at him. He'd been able to do so much in his own strength, but he finally came face to face with his own limitations. And so he turned to Christ in an authentic faith, and Jesus became the source of his true resilience. And here's the key point for today. On our own, our resilience has limits. Our own efforts to bounce back have limits, but when we depend on the power of Christ, his resilience becomes ours, and we can be taken to new levels of trust and hope and confidence. Zamperini was able to live out the truth of Isaiah 40. Even though youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Those who hope in the Lord, who wait in the Lord, other translations say, God's strength belongs to those people. When Louis Zamperini gave up trying to live on his own strength, gave up trying to depend on his own resilience, his own resources, and he turned to Christ as the true source of resilience in his life, that's when all the pieces finally fell together. His faith helped him to overcome his post-traumatic stress, enabled him actually to forgive the soldiers who had tortured him so severely. He even went to Japan to seek them out personally, so he could offer his torturers the forgiveness of Christ face to face. He was more deeply resilient because of his faith in Jesus. He was truly unbroken. If you've never read the book or not seen the movie, I'd really encourage it. And I tell his story because I think as we see this COVID crisis possibly coming to an end, it's important to recognize, yes, we do have great strengths on our own within our own efforts to combat the stresses and pressures and worries of the past year, but we also all have limits, and we should not rush past taking the opportunity to see in this last year our need for a deeper relationship with God as the source of true strength and true well-being. We have all experienced a year like no other, 
And so it's possible that the person who went into the pandemic isn't the same person who's coming out. Some people have described it like stepping out of a cocoon or emerging from hibernation. On just a human level, the long pause kind of forced both isolation and introspection. And it may have been a catalyst for some change. Maybe it's been that way for you, that you're emerging from you know, your social pod, your, your social enclave, with maybe some new goals for your life, new priorities, new concerns. You're not interested in pivoting back to your exact old life, your pre-pandemic world. There are some things that you're glad are gone. You're ready to let some old things go and embrace some new things, and that's great, but don't rush past the spiritual opportunity to do a serious inventory of your inner life and who you really can be as you allow Jesus to set a new agenda for your life. Don't run, rush past looking towards this inward moment. Don't just go back to running ragged all the time, frantic schedule. Don't do that. As the writer Elaine St. James says, it's one of my all-time favorite quotes, maintaining a complicated life is a great way to avoid changing it. Maintaining a complicated life is a great way to avoid changing it. Don't just go back to that running ragged all the time, frantic schedule. Take time to really think about the kind of life God wants you to lead in the months and years to come. And I love those three images that Isaiah gives that describe this kind of resilient life. He writes, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they'll soar on wings like eagles, they'll run, not grow weary, they'll walk and not be faint. I see that as the experience of ecstasy, of energy, and endurance. Ecstasy, energy, and endurance ecstasy. The experience of ecstasy, they'll soar like on wings of eagles. Here Isaiah describes those times in life when you just feel lifted, when you feel carried, when everything in life is just going great. At our family uh, summer cabin in Vermont, eagle sightings are really a daily thing. And it is just so peaceful to watch an eagle as it spreads its huge six, seven, eight foot wingspan to rise on a thermal of warm air effortlessly the air lifts the eagle higher and higher as it circles. Requires no effort. There's no strain, there's no stress. The eagle just goes with the flow and is carried upward. And when it's ready, the eagle just kind of tips its beak in the direction it wants to go, and zoom, that eagle will just go for miles like a rocket without even having to flap its wings one time. <clears throat> there are times in life that are like that, when you feel almost perfect, when you feel carried and lifted, but not many times. I wish life could always be like that, so easy. That's the kind of resilience that I long for, but those moments are few and far between. They happen, but not frequently. And so we can't live at that level perpetually. The experience of ecstasy, brief, cherished moments that God gives us to sustain and encourage us along the way. <clears throat> then there's the experience of energy, to run and not grow weary. Those are the times when life just purrs along like a fine-tuned engine. You're productive. You're getting stuff done. Opportunities seem to fall into your lap. You've got a spring in your step and a sparkle in your eye. Ideas, creativity, success, they all just kind of come to you easily. You look forward to the day because everything just seems to be falling in your direction. You've got momentum. It feels like you're riding a bicycle downhill. 
with a great pleasant wind in your face. You hardly have to pedal at all. It feels like your world is getting larger. Everything clicks. When the alarm goes off in the morning, you're eager to hit the ground running. And that's what we would like a realistic resilience to be, wouldn't we? An experience of energy. But that's also not what all of our days feel like. If the experience of ecstasy is sort of like the very top of the pyramid, the experience of energy would maybe be the next layer down. Larger, but we still can't spend our lives entirely in that mode. It may not be how the majority of life actually plays out. And that brings us to the third level, the experience of endurance. To walk and to not faint. That's a different kind of resilience. There were a lot of days this past year when we had, had to find the will just to keep going, just to keep moving. Those were days of isolation, days of real loneliness, days of discouragement. Because it's easy to have faith in God when everything is going right. Easy to have faith when you're soaring like an eagle. Easy to have faith when everything is running like clockwork. When you feel blessed and your problems just seem to evaporate. Not so easy to have faith when things are hard. But that's when we need God's resilience the most. That's when it counts. That's when trust in God really means something. I am not much of a mountain climber. In fact, the only significant peak I've ever reached was the top of Mount Princeton in, the, in Colorado, in what's called the Collegiate Range of the Rocky Mountains. It's a little over 14,000 feet in elevation. The only time I've actually ever been higher than that with my feet on the ground was when I was traveling to Bolivia to see our sponsored children in the Amistad Orphanage. The, the uh, airport in La Paz is the second highest airport in the entire world, and it's a few hundred feet higher than Mount Princeton. Definitely a place where you get to experience some altitude sickness. But I remember when Don and I took this group of high school students and we climbed to the top of Mount Princeton. It was an all-day effort, and because of the altitude, it was brutal. I mean, the lack of oxygen, you just can't get your breath. It took everything we had to get those kids to the summit of that mountain. And it's the last hundred yards that are the hardest. Those last hundred yards because you've got nothing left to give, your body is out of energy, your legs are cramping, your feet are sore, your knees are wobbly, and yet you have to keep going just one step at a time. All you can do is one foot in front of the other, but you keep moving ever so slowly. You keep moving, you walk, but you don't faint. There are times in life that feel like that. And that's when we need the resilience of Christ the most because really that's all we've got left. And you find a strength that you didn't know you had, a strength that comes from your ever-present companion, Jesus Christ himself. And if we counted up all the days of a person's life, I would venture to say that more days are spent in the experience of endurance than the experiences of ecstasy and energy combined. On our own, our resilience is going to have limits. Our own efforts to bounce back will have limits. But when we depend on the power of Christ, his resilience becomes ours and can actually take us to the top of that mountain. As followers of Jesus, you know, we're supposed to be Easter people. We're people who live on this side of the resurrection. Easter people who know what it's like to live through the agony and the darkness of Good Friday, but who also know the hope and the power that comes from the resurrected Savior. And let's face it, Jesus' resurrection, that's the ultimate act of resilience because he bounced back from death. You don't get any more resilient than that. 
Listen again to the verse that I read from 1 Corinthians 15. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. That verse begins with the word therefore, which means you always have to ask, what's it there for? In other words, what he is about to say is based on what stands before it, what has just become, what he has just said before. And chapter 15 is all about the resurrection of Christ and its impact upon our lives. The mystery, the hope, the power, the splendor of what it means for us to share in this new resurrection life in Jesus. And Paul sums up what it means to be Easter people with these words, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. In other words, be resilient. People who instead of quitting in the middle or throwing in the towel or capitulating or capsizing, that they're planning to finish strong with God's strength. They invest themselves to God's call upon their lives and they go through life with a with just a, a, a godly confidence that life is not in vain, that life is not meaningless when God is in it. And they see God's hand at work in their lives along the way. God's people are to be resilient people. And we know the Bible is filled with stories of resilient people. Moses, who bounced back from being on Egypt's top ten most wanted list to become one of the greatest leaders in human history. Rahab, who turned from a life of sexual exploitation to being a godly woman, honored so much that she's included in the family lineage of Jesus the Messiah. David, who came back from the quicksand of adultery to be a man after God's own heart. Peter, who folded in the face of pressure, denied Christ, yet bounced back to become the solid rock of the early church. And Paul himself, he went through every conceivable hardship, always bounced back. Read 2 Corinthians 11 where he describes how many times he was shipwrecked, flogged, imprisoned, beaten, robbed, abducted by aliens. I mean, you name it, it happened to him. No wonder he was the one who could write those immortal words from Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Don't you love that? It's as though Paul could say to the world, come on, is that all you've got? Take your best shot because I have this resilience that comes from the resurrected Christ. The Bible just kind of effervesces with this kind of resilience. I think for most of us, what we really need is just a greater sense of God's presence as we go through the ups and downs of everyday life. We need a deeper dependence on Christ in the daily struggles, to stay on the right path, to stay positive, to stay focused, to stay in touch with God and what he's doing in and through us in the world. I'm convinced that how we handle the small challenges, the daily setbacks, greatly determines how we're going to handle the bigger ones. Our spiritual resilience is actually tested and developed in all those small details, the common, ordinary problems and stresses and strains. How we bounce back throughout the day to the wide range of negative things that are thrown at us is really how we have to look at it if we want to develop a resilient spirit. So ask yourself, I mean, how resilient am I? How easily do I bounce back? How, can, how far can I be stretched? What attitudes do I bring to my daily life? Do I moan and groan and complain? Do I make others miserable? Or do I bring a positive, engaging attitude that actually encourages others? 
You see, resilience is for everybody, no matter what stage you are in life. Each life stage has its own sinkholes. There are different challenges for the different stages or passages of life where you're kind of tested. Whether you're a teenager facing sometimes a, a brutal social environment of middle school or high school, or a 30-something trying to get your career or family on track, or someone anticipating an empty nest who's got to figure out what life is all about once the kids move out, or a senior saint facing retirement or declining health or wondering what comes next. Each stage has its own challenges, and at any of these stages, we see people who are struggling. We see life adding challenge upon challenge, and at some point, we bump up against our human limits. Some bump gently, and some hit that wall with incredible velocity, and often when they hit the wall, they crash, and they have a hard time putting life back together. People who aren't resilient become brittle. They break easily, and you can see it on the outside. They may be active, going through the motions, but many may feel a flat line emotionally. If you're not able to bounce back, if you're not resilient, and you live at that level for a long time, you kind of flatten out emotionally. What has happened to your life if your emotions go numb, if you're just in an emotional no-man's land? There's just this dullness of spirit, and friends, that's not how God wants you to live. And if that describes your experience lately, I hope this might kind of awaken you to make some changes. Paul says, stand firm, be steadfast, immovable, hang in there. In other words, resilient people can take a long view of life. Resilience begins when you recognize that life is a long journey and that resilience needs to be a lifelong character quality regardless of what stage of life you're in. You know, we now have one of the first generations to live far beyond the age of 75. And not just live, but live healthily and productively. Since the early 1900s, we've, we've added 15, 25, 30 years of productive living to our lifespan. So people will be functioning full-time to the age of 80, 85, and beyond. So if you're a miserable and brittle person at the age of 15, at the age of 25 or 55, friends, you have a lot of sad years ahead of you. A lot of long, sad, brittle years ahead of you if you don't let Christ change your outlook on life. If you're living bitter, disappointed, and sour, and you still have many years to live, if you think you're in middle age, or that middle age is the end, and it's all downhill after that, you are so wrong. We live in such a youth-oriented society that we fail to recognize that what happens after you're 45, in the second half of life, can and should be the most satisfying and the most productive. People who take the long view of life can then look at the small daily stressors in the light of the whole thing. Look at the daily irritations and kind of right-size them by asking, how much does this really matter in the long term, in the overall scheme of life? Usually, not very much. Taking the long view changes how, how you think, how much you need to invest in those smaller struggles. When a person is resilient, their world can just kind of grow larger. They can begin to look forward to something. They continue to have goals and dreams that kind of draw them forward. They continue to see opportunities, continue to be creative, continue to connect with others. They continue to serve the church, to serve the community, to serve the Lord. 
I want to encourage you to find a rubber band this week. Wear it around your wrist as a reminder of today's message, as a reminder of just the importance of resilience, but not resilience based on your best efforts, a resilience based on your dependence on the power of Christ at work in your heart. Remind yourself that God is with you in the experiences of ecstasy, praise God for that, in the experiences of energy, and yes, he is most with you in your experiences of endurance. Remind yourself that we are called to be God's resilient people. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for these great words that we hear from Scripture that challenge us to look at life from your perspective and to realize that you're our constant companion. And that no matter what this world can throw at us, Lord, your power is greater. And so, Lord, we can lean into you. And yes, we want to develop our own abilities to cope better with life's problems. But, Lord, we also want the ability to quickly recognize our limitations and acknowledge our need for you, our daily dependence on you each and every day. Help us to bounce back as we move into a new season over the summer. But most of all, help us to stay close to you in everything that we do. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.